1: Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh and the cheaters have become one. Brandon, welcome back.
0: How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling a little rusty. This is about our fourth time trying to start this episode (laughs) of the podcast. So obviously me taking a week off from the pod is, is not good for my banter.
1: I think last year we took we didn't take a lot of breaks last year. We took one around the Christmas. I think we were wiped out after all the Christmas fixtures and we took a break in you know January during an international break or something. I mean it was f a cup break. And uh, I remember when we came back, neither of us could even. It's like we didn't know what to talk about. <laughs> like It took like eight hours to record. We had no <laughs> idea what we were doing. <laughs> it doesn't take long to get pretty it, restless. It, it's stuff. funny,
0: yeah. But, but uh, I'm just back from a trip to Scotland, spent about a week there, and had a fantastic time. I can't say enough great things about Scotland itself and, and the very friendly people. I tell you, on uh, Saturday it was the first game weekend. I actually walked down Easter Road uh, in and amongst all of the Hibernian uh, fans as they were walking to their stadium on Easter Road. Hibbs,
1: right? Kind of Hibbs, the, the sure yes.
0: Yeah. And I think if I were to cheer for any Scottish team, I guess it would have to be Hibernian because they are – one of the few—I'm sure our listeners can correct me if I'm wrong—one of the few Scottish clubs founded by Irish people, Irish immigrants to the country. Oh, interesting, cool. So you went to a bar when
1: you were there too. What was that like? Was it you know? Because we go to a lot of bars in New York, and you do have a lot of American fans who who use you know British accents, um, and it's always kind of weird. A lot of "Come on, you cité." <laughs> And it's like, come on, just talk like like, like you're you're from Kentucky. Come yeah.
0: on, <laughs> stop it. Yeah, I, uh, I had trouble watching a lot of the games during the first game week, but um, I did have the great fortune of meeting up with two always cheating listeners, Colin and Graham. So Colin and Graham, I'm sure you're listening on your commutes to work. Thank you so much for meeting me and recommending this great bar in Leith. It's called the Cask and Barrel. And how does it compare to an American bar, Josh? Uh, it was a lot more relaxed. I'll tell you that. So I showed up and I caught the tail in like the last 10 minutes of Man United Bournemouth, and it was pretty pretty well empty, maybe 15 people there, and that didn't really fill out the bar. But then Arsenal-Liverpool, I guess probably because it's more of a marquee matchup, it really did fill up. And as the game went on, the atmosphere sort of grew and grew. But it was, it was a, a little more to skew Liverpool. I mean obviously you're in the north. did it did you feel more of a Liverpool bias than Arsenal? Well, let me paint a picture for you, Josh. So <laughs> in one corner there were the, the younger hipsters who showed up with their girlfriends and they were uh, cheering for Arsenal. Uh, there was an older gentleman uh, you know with his reading glasses at the tail end of his nose and he was actually reading a newspaper while watching the game. it became mm-hmm. clear um, about mid, at the midway point that he was a Liverpool fan. Okay, um, and that was kind of the 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 vibe of the place. Is everyone had their own agenda, but they were all sort of commingling and watching the game within their own sort of headspace, which I found cool. It was a it was a really great vibe, and it was nice. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it, but it was harrowing for me uh, trying to set my team for game week one. I was kind of planning on setting it on the airplane on the way to Edinburgh, but there was no Wi Fi, so it was. Um, it was. I, I didn't do as much tinkering as I would have wanted to going into game week one. It was old school. You had, you had to do it with pen and paper, Brandon, like a
1: bowling, like a like like yeah. old school bowling. You know, you had to fill in your 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 scores,
0: you know, and carry the ten over for the strike and all that stuff. I, I mailed it right into the uh, FPL Central, and they <laughs> they plugged my team in for me. It was really nice, kind of them. So uh, you're back though. Welcome back. That's that's all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, game week
1: two is uh, is in the books, and you know one thing I will say. I, there's been a lot of okay, there there. There's been a lot of negativity around the fantasy Premier League site, uh, like since the season started, uh, with the rebooted website. And for some reason, a lot of people don't like their Twitter feed very much, which I actually don't mind. I I think it's like not a half bad Twitter feed. I don't even I have, really notice it, to be honest. I have a theory about the Twitter feed, okay. which is that. I like every time they have like some post I see somebody like start yelling at them about something <laughs> they're just yelling about like the way they phrased it or yelling like they missed something or, you or have, whatever you,
0: you have used Twitter before, right Josh like this is what Twitter is used for is to just to express your outrage.
1: I have, but I'm I'm posting pretty actively on our Twitter feed during matches, and no one's yelling at me. Some people, like, may occasionally take issue or be like, hey, guys, uh, love the pod, but you're wrong here. You know, there's sometimes, sometimes yeah. it's like that. But people are just like, no, like, you know, it's like, cancel your, you know, like, delete your account sort of thing. And everyone's, like, freaking out. Uh-huh. Uh,
0: so, sort of like the same thing I- they were saying to Andre Gray earlier this weekend when they discovered all of his marvelous <laughs> tweets. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah,
1: there's the question there about Andre Gray. I mean, is it do you, do you not want to have him on your team now? Because, you know, it's offensive. Twi- it's very it's, it's a tricky one.
0: Well, you go back to Jamie Vardy last season, right, where he started the season on the back of all of these uh, racist issues that he was having. And you just right. have to admit that a majority of these players are stunted adolescent <laughs> men and they're probably not cool people. But that's really not why we're watching No, that's true. If you had to like every athlete, it'd be very
1: hard to watch sports at all. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't have to find some athletes pretty downright disgusting, sure. then, yeah, how, do you, how do you think the spreads? NFL is still a massive global property? <laughs> yeah, seriously. So anyway, my theory is that uh, everyone is too polite in general to yell at someone else on t- like a person on Twitter, you know, a fellow FPL enthusiast. But the site, it's kind of like free game. Yeah. You know, right. and it's a fair fair game that is. So I think that people are just they're frustrated at how their team is doing or whatever, and they see some kind of cheeky post from the official FPL site, and they're like, "Screw you guys!" Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> just launching. Do it so anyway all that said the one thing i will say that i'm really excited about this year is they they seem to have upgraded their servers and they actually update scores and head-to-heads and all of this stuff like within an hour or two as far as i can tell let's see the game um,
0: week shut down we're recording this sunday evening it's been about five hours since the game week closed and they've already updated all the leagues it's it's really incredible compared to seasons past
1: Oh yeah, it used to take. I mean, and it actually helps the podcast too because sometimes we wouldn't record because we did, we wanted all the updated stuff on here. So yeah, uh, yeah. So so big big thumbs up in that. And I actually I'll say thumbs up. I, not two thumbs up, but like one thumb partially up uh, for the Twitter feed. Like okay. it's like
0: the thumb is just it's just it's just lifting up off of my fist. Yeah, you know, it's not even a full thumbs up. And I'm still undecided on the Twitter feed for the record. <laughs> okay. So uh, how'd, you, all right. how'd you do this week, Josh? Well, I didn't do great, uh, I have to tell you.
1: I mean, I, I finished on 62 points, which is, uh, it's okay. Uh, yeah. You know, basically everything was downhill after, um, after Aguero scored his second goal. I had Luke Shaw, um, I had an Ibrahimović, and uh, I had Aguero captain. So once, once that goes through, I'm looking at, let's see, 26, 39, 50 points. So 50 points from three players, and I finished on 12 points from the remaining eight players. So, yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty awful. Uh, John Stones, uh, you know, late, you know, the the we, a very weird penalty. I thought, uh, I thought Raheem Sterling, like, I, I mean, that ha- like so much worse happens on almost every corner kick. I was amazed they called a penalty there.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'm fine I with kind of I'm fine with call. calling uh, uh, Ryan Shawcross out for something like that. But Raheem Sterling, he he's he's so little, he's so tiny, he can't hurt anybody. Yeah,
1: exactly. I know, there should be. There's a in the NFL. There's a rule about uh, you know pass interference. Like if they if they weren't actually going to be able to catch the ball anyway, they don't yeah. call pass interference. Right. Yeah. it's kind of like Radek Stehlík was not stopping Shawcross from actually. You well, know, it's
0: it's, it's the, the same track. as the offside rule as well. Like you it, or the obstruction in terms right. of being in front of the goalkeeper. If you're in an offside position, so long as you're not in the play, you're you're fine. Uh, exactly, you, don't need to call it.
1: It was like I mean, he did it just to prove a point. Right. It was like you know, we're, we're enforcing this rule now. Even things like this will be enforced. That's I'm not sure what it means. Like if they, if they follow, follow through, like, are they are you going to score goals
0: or have penalties on like a third of all corner kicks? I mean, we could see like 10, nine games. Right. This is Mike Dean's reason for getting out of bed in the morning, though. He just gets up saying, I'm going to yeah. prove some points, and whether it's on the soccer pitch or whether it's probably in his kitchen telling his wife how to make toast.
1: Yeah, I, so I lost my clean sheet with stones, and then and then there was kind of a a little yellow card thrown at the end for good measure, uh, which is kind of annoying. And yeah. Jordy Mott, uh, he was on for for three bonus points, and then they they conceded two late goals. That was kind of frustrating. Deli Ali. Uh, didn't even come on until the 70th minute. Yeah, uh, Ramirez came off in the 59th minute, so I got a one-point there. Firmino didn't do anything. Uh, and Jamie Vardy was uh, super frustrating. So it was just a, you know, basically everything went wrong except for these three players. But because I got 62 total, I'm sort of, it was like a treading water sort of week. I mean, I'm looking at all red arrows, but it wasn't like a, the, you know, it wasn't like a huge disaster. Yeah, you didn't, you know, you didn't lose so. a
0: tremendous amount of
1: ground. Yeah, exactly. I'm still, like, in the 400,000th spot or whatever. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I have two. I didn't actually make a transfer, so I've got two in the bank, and um, we can talk a little bit more about kind of the kind of moves that, you know, we're going to talk about midfielders um, in a little bit, so we can talk about it there. Yeah. Uh, just some of our thinking. I know a lot of people are trying to figure out what to do in the midfield. Yeah. Um, but I think Jamie Vardy is actually going to get a stay of execution, which which just kind of personally annoys me because I really want him out of my team. <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh, I would too. I, I and absolutely I, would. I'm kind of feeling the effects of an imbalanced uh, striker squad too. Um, you know, I thought it was worth it just for those first two weeks to to have a you know a lot of heavy hitters in there. And um, you know, Aguero and Abru have obviously come off, but yeah, you know, I'm really regretting obviously not bringing in Gray now. Um, that's basically an eight point loss there. You know, oh, it was yeah. it didn't
0: matter. This week, but I wouldn't be too sure about that. And, and as a Gray owner, I'm I remain a little concerned about him, though. He though he got a goal and assist and a bonus point, which is Crazy. He, I, I still don't think he looked that great. He just he doesn't he doesn't have a, a lot of pace on him, and uh, I'm just a little concerned about his skill level.
1: Yeah, but I mean, if he's able to finish with just a couple, I mean, this is like Ibrahimovic. You know, I mean, it's not like he's had a million chances, but just every time he has one, he he does it. So, yeah. uh, so what, I guess what I'm saying is Andre Gray and Ibrahimovic are basically the same level of quality. <laughs> sure. So <laughs> if you if you like one, you kind of have to like the other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, the Ramirez thing, I know that stung you a little bit too. You actually, I mean, it's a, so I, I'm like, whatever. It was kind of annoying. The the thing that really annoyed me actually was that for the second week in a row, I left
0: a 10 point goalkeeper on my bench. <laughs> yeah. Um, last That'll week. sting. That'll sting. Yeah, that like, was like me and Robert Huth many, many points last season.
1: Yeah. God, you bring up the Huth
0: thing everywhere. You'll never get over it, will you? I won't. <laughs> I really won't. Those two Man City goals, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll curse
1: them on my grave. Uh, this week I had Heat on my bench and I lost 10 points. I mean I, I really honestly I never gave any thought to it either. I mean I I really felt very good starting Ben Foster at home and benching Heat and you know against Liverpool. You made the um, right call. I would think so. Yeah, yeah, I certainly was advocating for it on the in last week's podcast and I think it's you know but whatever. So it's frustrating and then last week I had I started Heaton and had Foster on the bench and he picked up 10 points. So Yeah. Uh, we'll see who I who I can leave on the bench this week. It'd be kind of cool actually if I went all 38 weeks Finding a way to keep 10 points in the goalkeeper spot. Yeah. You know, it, it would almost be worth, like, not getting as many points just for the sheer, like, amount novelty of, like. Novelty of it. Novelty of it, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Well, my, my game week started off with a bang in that uh, the United-Southampton game was happening while I was traveling back from Scotland. And I had no Wi-Fi, no way to follow this game. So as we were taxiing to the gate at JFK Airport, I pull up a... Uh, my phone and I see that Ibra's got two goals and I captained him this week and Luke Shaw is on 11 points and also I have De Gea in goal. So I pull up the, my, my team and I have 43 points after just one game, which was incredible. My wife who was sitting next to me on the plane, I immediately shoved the phone in her face and I say, look (laughs) at this. This is a great thing. She really wanted nothing to do with me at that point. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, after after that many hours on a plane, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's it's pins and needles. Yeah. So, how
0: many points did you finish on total this week? I ended up with eighty four points, and that's uh, uh, with Gray and Aguero up front as well. I mean, it, it was kind What's of. What's your a, game week rank? That's got to put you right in the top. Couple hundred thousand. So my game week rank was fifty thousand one hundred and thirty six. Not bad. So it's up there. One eighteen was the highest point total. So I, I I'm in the conversation, Josh.
1: <laughs> that puts you about 70,000th overall, I think you were saying.
0: Yeah, let's offline. see. So now I'm 76,725. I mean, I, I did nah, make a great a few, start. I made a few goofs, though. Um, I wanted to get on board the Ashley Williams train for some reason, and I I got too clever. I dropped uh, Wes Morgan, and I brought in Williams for one point as opposed to the six points from Morgan. And then Lester is going in, walking into a very tantalizing Swansea fixture next game week. So... I'm really regretting I, that, was, that. I was shocked when I saw you bring him in. I mean, first of all, I didn't I thought there was a pretty
1: good chance he wouldn't uh he wouldn't play and I i say this as someone who I mean, you 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 certainly outplayed me this week, but um yeah, the second I said that because I was like, well, I think yeah, in the, I think in the press conference it was like, well, he might feature a little bit in this match or something like that. So, yeah. I guess you can just chalk it up to being in the UK and not not getting those those Ben Dinnery, you know Twitter <laughs> updates.
0: I, I have been a little bit out of the loop. I'll be honest about that. My my defense is a little bit of a shambles now. So I've got Kone. I've got the bad Kone on my bench, mm-hmm. and if he ends up going to Everton, which I'm I'm not sure how much sense that makes. Then I'll be doubled up on Everton defense. That's no good. And then I've got Valdez yeah. and George Friend doubled up on Burrow defense. So yeah. I have a few things to sort out in my defense still. But, yeah, on the whole, I have, I'm thrilled with how I ended up in game week two. So who else Who else came through for you? Not to belabor well, to yeah, sure. this too much. Ka- Kyle Walker. I'm already bored, but go on, Brandon. Kyle Walker, two game weeks in a row, six points, then seven points this game week. I did bench Kyle Walker in game week one for some unknown reason, um, but I'm really happy with how he's looking. Hazard in my midfield, a ridiculous yellow card to end the match, booting the ball into Kicking the, the screen. the ball away, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure everyone with Hazard in their team is just screaming the C word as loud as they could at the, the TV screen when he did that. Um, yeah. But you have to feel good about how – Chelsea, right? Yes, Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea Handler, <laughs> uh, the famous curse of Chelsea Handler. So but you, you have to feel good about Hazard is looking. he's integral to that Chelsea offense now and and that's an assist or a goal in the last two games. He's in good form. Gray, as I said, came through for me. that's a huge output by my three strikers. Uh, all told that's five goals and one assist and seven bonus points not.
1: Nah bad so i have uh this week's humble brag of the week uh which comes from aiden green uh he says and i I know he's it's not necessarily a humble brag but after a tough week it was kind of hard to read he says uh finding it stressful my first time in the top 20k 73 points and it looks like it'll be a red arrow (laughs) wow wow it's hard up there at the top man heavy lies the crown doesn't it aiden uh no congratulations aiden i'm sure uh I'm sure I'm sure all.
0: It's true like I agree. mean I mean to to <laughs> to come to Aiden's defense though it, it the game does get even more stressful the more successful like the the more I agree. the I, more at just... st- the things that are at stake the higher you get the more you tend to sweat every single decision. Yeah, because the mistakes just have so much bigger consequences in terms of your overall rank. So so yeah, I I, I, I feel you Aiden. Well, the
1: problem is this, this early in the season, it's, it feels like everything is, you know, it's, I, I you know, by game week 30, you know, I remember, um, the be- the season with my, my best ever finish. I think I finished like 1530, uh, overall and, um, I uh just you know, but the problem is we like you could only move up so high or so low by game week thirty six, thirty-seven because everybody had the same team. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> maybe I had one or two players that were different than but by the by the time you're that far along, yeah. The the template is pretty set, you know. Right. And you know, maybe you maybe you have a different captain or you have a you know a different Man City defender or something like that. But you know, but but this early in the season, it's like it feels like players are coming at you from all sides. Like there's no there's no way to know who's going to be the the next Etienne Capoue.
0: Yeah, con- yeah, exactly. Considering this was the weekend of the defensive holding midfielder, where Victor Wanyama, Capoue, and Gareth Barry are all putting up points. I- I'd say if you're if you're behind in your league by 20 points, those those are 20 points you're easily going to make up. Can, you can make up them in game week three.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's nothing nothing to worry about. Uh, all right, Brandon. Let's get let's get right into the heart of this episode. I want to talk a little bit about the Hale Shooter Super League, and then we have a few key topics that we're going to get into. One is Everton Corner. We have about nine different questions about Everton. Uh, we'll try to try to try to compress those into a couple. No solid FPL questions. season
0: would be complete uh, uh, without a lot of Everton mystery for for a few solid game weeks.
1: That's very true. Um, we're going to talk about Ibra and Aguero. Uh, we have our little midfielder roundtable. We have our third striker symposium, and uh, and then that's probably it. I think we'll be too tired. We're just gonna. We I might don't. not even sign out, Brandon. I think we'll just. I think this
0: podcast will just fade away.
1: You, <laughs> you just bring the bring the sound down after about two hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a great white paper as well that I'm going to present at our when the third Striker symposium <laughs> section comes up, and I will post uh, that. I'll post that white paper up on our website, and that's been peer reviewed, right? Uh, oh, always peer reviewed. Yeah, nothing Excellent. makes it on to this podcast
1: without peer review. So just a, just a quick side note, uh, KG at Kuda Goffrey said, "What game week will you guys use your wild cards?" I'm happy to say that I'm going into game week three. I, you know, I have my two transfers. I'm not. I'm not planning to use it right now. Um, and uh, hopefully, I I think I'm set up well enough to go through at least game weeks four, five, and six, maybe without using a wild card too. I mean, I think by game week six, I'll probably end up using my wild card. I think that given the season with the new managers, with all these questions, players like Nolito, are they going to start? Aren't they? I, I do think it makes sense to to wild card relatively early this year. So um, my guess right now would be something like game week six or seven. I think there's an international break. Um, after six or seven weeks. Yeah. So that's probably when I'll do it.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I'm shooting for as well. I think we're you and I, Josh, we're in, we're in a good position, both having Ibra and Aguero. And I think right. if, if you're without both of those guys, based on their form right now, I would definitely consider wild carding going into game week three just to get them into my squad. But uh, beyond, beyond that, yeah, I'm hoping to hang on to it as long as possible. Yep, agreed.
1: I mean, it's there's no reason to use it if you if you can avoid it. You know, especially if you can bank if you can bank two transfers. And having two transfers almost feels like a wild card, because it you know you can really shake up your team with with a couple of moves.
0: If you don't really need to use it, there there very likely will be a game week coming up that you don't see coming, where there's going to be a couple of injuries or suspensions in your team. Oh,
1: where, absolutely, yeah. this hap- this happens every year. You know, I mean, you play your wild card, and then four weeks later, you know, half your team gets injured. and You're like, why, that, why that, You know, why did I play my wild card right. when I didn't absolutely need to? It was like a avoid the rage wild card. This yeah. was this is one of our ten tips for success. Don't rage wild card if you can avoid it. It's just it's just not worth it, uh, and you're really end up regretting it uh you know a few weeks later for sure the first time the first time Sergio Aguero goes down with a knee injury which is probably going to happen any game week now uh that's when that's when you want to play your wild card
0: (laughs) yeah so unless your whole squad just just really stinks and you and you need to get that Ibra Aguero combination going just be patient don't don't jump on your wild card just yet I agree all right hail cheater super league Brennan you want to run down the top 10 yeah absolutely my first my first um My first time running through the, this season's Super League, so this is exciting. Number one Oscar winner that's uh, Pat Dudzinski's team. I do love that, that name, Dudzinski. Uh, he, he sounds like a really cool guy. So huge uh, score this game week, 91 points, bringing him to a grand total of 164. In second place, it's Gloria Prieto with Spleeb Splorb. Uh, 89 points this week, another massive game week, 163 total points. Go, Third, Gloria. Yeah, I, I assume Gloria is a female. It's good to see um, some I guess women. I it could be an it could be like an Italian man's name, right? Sure. Or <laughs> or somebody who's just way into Latin, like sick transit Gloria.
1: Gloria, if you're if you're out there and you're on Twitter, uh, send us a little note and, yeah. and tell you
0: tell, tell us how you're feeling about your season so far. Yeah, we'd love to hear female third place Macaulay. Maybe uh, that's Vincent P's team. Great score of eighty on the game week. Uh, I am Apple. That's William Sutton's team in fourth place, 77 points. Uh, there's a three way tie here for fourth, Josh. So, uh, also coming in in fourth, Winaldum Leviosa. Uh, I recall you and Trevor last week talking about the Harry Potter derivation of that name, which I, I also give it a thumbs up. So, that's Taylor Andrews' team, also 77 points this game week. The Hat Wobblers, Dutch Powers, also in fourth place, 75 points this week. I hope Dutch Powers is their real
1: name, too. That's a great name. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like I mean it's. It sounds like a history book, doesn't it? It sounds like a book about naval warfare in the in the 18th century. Uh, it's it's the
0: uh, sequel to the brilliant orange, the great soccer book <laughs> about the history of the Dutch uh, total football. It's, it's, it's a history of PSV Dutch powers, and then then we have a two way place here in the Super League for seventh place, Lemon Party. That's Lars Johansson's team. Seventy six points on the game week. Also tied for seventh, it's Lads on Torre. That's Nick's, Nick Forster's team. 72 points, one of the lower point totals here in the Super League top ten. Getting hairy there, Nick. Yeah, well, <laughs> watch yourself. There. Maybe you got a wild card this week, Nick. <laughs> and coming in ninth place, Celtic Crows. That's Zach Zothra's team. 76 points this game week. And also with 72 points in tenth position, it's PK Blinders FC uh, Probably my biggest favorite uh, team name here in the top ten right now. That's Philip Green's team, and that rounds out your top ten in the Hail Cheater Super League. Well done, everybody!
1: Yeah, congrats, everybody! And uh, we'll get more into. We'll start digging around the Super League as we go. I feel like we've got a, we got a little too much to get to this week.
0: Yeah, right. You know, I, I want to do. Come... I want to do a search for some of my other favorite team names. As well, yeah. see, see if we have any clever managers there, at least in the top 100. We have we'll like close, out the close high to 900 peak. managers at this point now competing in the Super League. So sifting through all of these team names takes a little bit of time. Yeah, it made me feel
1: better about being like 470th or so. It's like, well, that's like I'm in the middle somewhere. Yeah, right. All right, Brennan, you ready for some key topics? I'm ready. Bring, bring them on. So the first one is what I'm calling Everton Corner because we got so many questions about Everton this game week. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to run through – maybe – I think we'll eventually get to all of these questions. I'm going to go kind of a couple at a time so it's not so tedious here. But, sure. Uh, Colin Bothwell, your friend from Scotland, says – uh Colin. Hey, Colin. Uh, how many Everton is too many? Great run of fixtures. And finally a manager who has clue what he is doing. Uh, time to return to our favorite troll kaku. Um, and then uh, El Magico says, uh, which Everton players do you pick ahead of their strong run of games? Um, and then um, let's just do one more. Let's do three. Okay. We, actually, we have nine, nine different Magic Everton number. questions. Uh, Mark Dinka, FFM Mark on Twitter says, uh, who would be a good recruit from Everton, uh, Morales or Balassi? Both great options, but could see limited minutes.
0: So, Brandon, Everton, you have one Everton player. I'm probably already regretting it. Hey, I, I've got one solid point. That brought me up to a, a very prestigious 84 points. Without Ashley Williams, I would have been sitting 83 right now. Actually, I'd That's be sitting true. 85 with George Friend coming in. So or 89 if you just kept uh if <laughs> <West Morgan. laughs> <West Morgan. laughs> All right, now that we've gone through all the permutations <laughs> of what my defense could have looked like. Um, yeah, I— I am all. All things considered, happy that I brought Ashley Williams in because, yeah, they're, they're Kuman has this this long standing history of solid defenses with Southampton. You could see a lot of clean sheets coming to Everton with this great run. Do Though,
1: you? I, I mean, to me, I'm not. I'm not sold. I, I'm not. I, you know, I'm not convinced that I. I'm willing to argue. I, I think there are some very interesting options in the midfield, and obviously you have Lukaku as, the, as a constant, um, especially now these. Getting back to where he wants to be health-wise, but I think the defense is the place I would actually be avoiding right now. Um, I just don't really trust that banged-up D and Jagielka is past his prime, and Seamus Coleman's not there right
0: now, and right. Funes Mori kind of stinks. It's I'm a little worried about the the defense. <laughs> it's fair enough. I I predict that there will be a handful of clean sheets coming to them, and I, I do. I've only watched like the highlights of their game, so I'm not. Totally studied on Everton's form, and I do agree they don't look like world world beaters right now. But I, I think for me, it's defense and midfield. I think Trollkaku is still trolling around. I, I am not <laughs> ready. I, I am not ready to commit. Speaking directly, I mean, to you Tom. you wouldn't want him until game week three anyway. Just
1: given that, well, you know, we, we there was a pretty good chance he wasn't going to play game week one, and then uh, game week two. Uh, it's sort of what happened. He, what happened is what was predicted, right? That he's going to come on. Maybe halfway. He actually came out at kind of a strange time, right? Didn't he come out at like the 40th minute or something?
0: Yeah, there was an injury yeah. into McCarthy. McCarthy had to come off, and and then Kuman found that was the opportunity to bring true yeah. in. That's 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 a
1: like like for like sub right
0: there. A defensive midfielder <laughs> swapping yeah. with a uh, Romy Lukaku. Yeah, the only the only point at which I saw Lukaku in the highlights of that game was when Morales was scoring his goal and Lukaku was on the other side of the goal frame. You know, uh, seeing seeing all of his highlights pass bef- before his eyes. Okay, so I have so there,
1: there there's kind of a whole midfield situation here. They're all pretty affordable. They're all they're all worth thinking about to some degree. Um, I love who said. Um, you know, I guess the the big the big kind of elephant in the room is is Gerard Delafeu. Well, this one of the elephants. It's a big room brand, and there are a I lot think, of elephants. Yeah, I think. One Bar- of those
0: elephants. barclay's probably the bigger <laughs> elephant to me.
1: He's like a white elephant, though. It's like a, it's a white elephant sale with with Rosberg. I don't even know what it, what is that. What is a, a white, white elephant?
0: Sale? That's that's how you would exchange gifts at like an office Christmas party. <laughs> it's right. it's like uh, you you give a gift and somebody can either pass it or keep it, and then you swap it and. Right, right. Yeah. So,
1: uh, so I love Naboo.
0: Says like that. Likes me. That makes me like Gerard De La Feo a little bit more.
1: He <laughs> uh, says, uh, "Is it time to get rid of De La Feo? Fixers are good though. Uh, Anders said, uh, "Replacement for De La Feo, Do I look at Bolassi? Uh, a lot of questions about about De La Feo. Um, Tom Butcher also had a question about De La Feo. So, what do what do you think about
0: Jerry D? Are you well? The uh, the the, 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 the radar. No, the enticing thing about Jerry D was would he, what position would he be playing? He was playing through the middle during preseason, and there were times in which he could have been positioned as a striker, but that was all contingent on Lukaku being out of the lineup. And now that it looks like Lukaku is back, I am not interested in uh, Jerry D in the slightest bit. Who I would be interested, though, would be Kevin Morales. Um, just to, just to, just to, let's let's talk about De La Feo for another minute or two here, though, because I think that do we have to
1: just for I mean the the, the, the concern here if, for people who are either own who either own De La Feo and they're thinking about getting rid of him, even if it's a like for like sub, uh, or they're you know um, thinking about bringing him in, yeah, uh, God for God forbid, <laughs> uh, it's that he he played sixty seven minutes in the first match and he played sixty minutes in the second match. It looks like his minutes are going to be managed exactly as they were uh, under. Um, uh, our our, our well dressed friend Roberto, Roberto Martinez. So, um, given that that's the case, you're only getting 60 minutes out of this guy. Basically, every fixture, he's not. He's he's more he's more of a Jesus Navas type, really. I mean, I know I, I was surprised that they even you know brought him in as a as a. They kind of played as a forward because. You know, I don't think of him as a particular—I mean, OK, if you want to be a little more generous, more of a Raheem Sterling, maybe he does occasionally get into the box. But he's not a great finisher. Um, he's not really looking to finish most of the time. Uh, he does link up pretty well with Lukaku when he plays. But you could say the same thing about Ross Barkley when he's in form. So yes. I just—I don't think it's worth it. I think that of those—of the midfield, he's the he's the fourth most interesting option.
0: Yeah. I would, <laughs> I, I would agree with you there. I think then, then it goes De La Feu. just we'll, we can talk about all these guys. But for me, it goes De La Feu at the bottom, then Balassi, then Morales. Well, uh, Barkley, I'm still not even sure how I feel about. But I agree, Jerry Deed lowest on my priority list. See, I actually think I might put Belasi at the top of my list. Okay, well, I mean, he's he is among the most
1: affordable. What he's at six isn't that right? He's six he's six million, so he you can you frees up a lot of cash. Yeah, um, I think that. I mean, the question is whether he's going to be starting from here on out. I think he probably is. I don't think you make a big expensive move for him, and then and then he's coming off the bench any more than just that that first week.
0: The obvious Southampton comparison to make would be to Sadio Mane and Mane. Right is virtually a guaranteed starter at Southampton. But there were, uh, what, two or three or four games last season where Mane didn't make it into the starting lineup when he was healthy. So I, I would I would guess there might be a few games where Belasi isn't in contention.
1: Can I get personal here for a minute, Brandon? Yeah,
0: let's get personal. Do you mind if, uh, if I get personal with you? Yeah, get up, I have get up real close. <laughs>
1: So I'm really seriously considering dropping both. I have two transfers this week. I'm considering dropping both Ali and Firmino. Right. Uh, De- Deli Alley, big concern there. Not only did he come off the bench, but he didn't look very good in the Everton match anyway. So right. uh, I thought he actually looked pretty good in the 20 minutes he played, but – I'm not going to pay 8.5 million for a player who might come in for 20 minutes over the next couple of weeks, yep. and yep. you know, um, I mean, he really should have had an assist because Jansen uh, missed an absolutely beautiful <laughs> opportunity. Uh, so like it was a, it was a really, it was a truly terrible miss. Like a, yeah. up, up there were some of Vardy's misses over The other first yeah. two weeks of the season. Uh
0: if so If I were just a side note, I'd be interested if Pochettino would consider swapping Erickson for Ali in the next couple of matches. Like so, if he continues to play Jansen up front. Um, Erickson looked uh, really out of, out of sync.
1: I know it's like Erickson is like Dusan Tedich where you just sometimes wonder if there's forever destined to be the statisticians players, Yeah, you right. know, like Dusan Tedic, once again, you know, second year in a row, uh, third year in a row, really, you know, this guy I, Dusan Tedich had one great game week in game week eight of the 2014, 2015 FPL season. Yeah, and he one was of the most legendary game weeks of all time. It, Exactly. He was he had a couple of nice moments in the second half of last season. But everyone is always tempted to bring him in because he looks so great and all yeah. of the you know, shots in the box and uh, chances created. I mean there's like yeah. if, if, if he you know it's kinda like Eden Hazard, where if they score or assist, they tend to get bonus points because right. they're so they're so integral to, to, to the gameplay. Right. Uh but much like Eriksson, it just seems like it doesn't happen to the degree that it should, and yeah. it seems to happen year over year. Now, granted, we're only two weeks into the season, and and uh, and you know, Tadic, not not to get too down a rabbit hole here, but yeah. you know, Tadic was a way to you and I suppose you could argue that uh, it's a slightly difficult match for Eriksson at home to.
0: To Crystal Palace, I don't no, know. You can't argue but, you know, that. Yeah, you can't yeah. argue that. <laughs> but they've been disappointing. So anyway, anyway. We're, we're talking about Ali and Firmino right
1: yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. So Ali has gone. Uh, Firmino, I'm planning to drop too, and I'm planning on bringing in uh, Eden Hazard for one of my transfers. And the other player that I'm looking to bring in is uh, some some midfielder from Everton. And yeah. I just can't decide which one I want to bring in right now. Yeah, I'm not as convinced on Barkley as some people are. I mean, I you know the free kick goal that he scored in game week one was. Uh, was a complete fluke. I don't know if you've seen the replays of it, Brandon, but I have, was, yes.
0: yes. Yeah, it
1: was a it was a free kick that missed everybody and bounced at such an angle that the keeper couldn't that it he couldn't be saved.
0: Yeah, he was just stuck.
1: Exactly. So, and then uh,
0: Barkley continues to, proceeds to celebrate as if he won the World Cup. <laughs>
1: right. Uh, and then he picked up an assist in game week two. Now that to me doesn't it doesn't mean that he's uh that he's not worthy of being picked up, but it's not Given that I owned him for, like, 12 two-pointers in the second half of last season, yeah. uh, I know what he's capable of of playing like when he's not focused. Sure. By am so,
0: beware, this is still the same Ross Barkley. It's not a new Ross Barkley, like, a different player that just happens to have the same name. But he is the same Ross Barkley that you have dropped from every team for the last three seasons. And the other—I mean, really, that whole line of midfielders is just full of players like this,
1: right? I mean— uh, Kevin Morales is like this too. I mean, a totally streaky player. He's almost never had a, a, a extended run of of excellent form at Everton. You know, he's, I think he's in his fourth season there. Yeah. Uh, and Yannick Belasi, when he was at Crystal Palace, was totally mercurial. I mean, yeah. kind of Sadio Mane like, like you said. You know, yeah. uh, looked like a world beater, and then he would kind of disappear for a few weeks. Now he's had some health. Uh, the, so Belasi is the one that I'm leaning towards the most, uh, just because. I, I just think he's an interesting element in that squad. And yes. I think that um, – I think he'll be looking to to really get involved in the action the next few game weeks. And so yeah. I, I'm leaning towards him. I think the more conservative play would be Barkley.
0: Um, and I think that Morales is I, – I don't really know what to think about Morales. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Morales I like in terms of um, – it's sort of the reason I like Lamella this season. I feel like he is – He's coming into a, an improved situation. or slightly different with Lamella in that he's coming off of some decent end-of-season form. But Morales obviously had problems getting along with Martinez last season, but now he has a new manager, and if he's getting a regular starting role, he's always had the potential to be great and to be a real goal scorer and take dead balls. I mean, I know he's, he's famously missed penalties for Everton in the past, but he's yeah. also scored on free Free kicks. If uh, Barkley's not taking them, it might be likely that Morales is taking them. It looks like Baines has no interest in dead balls anymore. But what, I, uh, poor poor Leighton Baines. Is it just that he's like he's more into concerts
1: now? I guess or so. <laughs> he's just he's really into shows. He's and so
0: so disrespected that the FPL has even dropped him below six million in, in in price.
1: He's just gonna start playing matches like with with like an iPad or like an iPod and like just like like the the big oversized cans. Oh, you you,
0: you know that Leighton Baines rocks the iPad Pro, the like giant <laughs> tabloid size. IPad. He could like stick it under the back of his
1: shirt, maybe. I mean. Yeah. There they're a little looser there. It's not like the Arsenal shirts. I think you could hide a, you could hide an iPad
0: back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I like I like Morales. That he's at six point five two. That's a competitive price. Barkley, He's already up to seven point six. That's he's hard to shoehorn into your midfield at that price tag now, particularly if you're looking to bring in a guy like Hazard. So, are, okay. So,
1: if you had gun to your head and money not being an option, and you had you you could bring in any player from this team, and I'll I'll even loop in, uh, let's just say any player, okay.
0: defender, midfielder, forward. Who would you bring in? Uh, I'll stick to my guns and say Kevin Morales at six point five, and just watches watch his starts, and if he if like ali he loses a start then yeah i guess not that that i'm wrong on that one but if he continues to start i think he'll probably match at least match ross barkley's output
1: i would like to say with some confidence that there's there's an ideal answer here i mean the i guess the appeal of barkley is that he does play every match and he tends to play the full match when he, yeah. when he's in so I think that's probably the safest pick. I might even end up going with Barkley in the end because I, I just know that I'll be getting 90 minutes from him. Um, and he'll be – we're in one of the stretches where Ross Barkley cares about yeah. uh, scoring. So uh, when he's in one of these runs of form, he's a pretty tempting player. Sure. So we'll see. But I think that the – one um, last
0: One last thing about Morales that's important yeah. to note, a great feature for a fantasy asset. He's a ball hog. He is ball lock. that's true. That can bring his bonus points down though, sometimes, too, because he'll lose possession, it's true. Yeah, exactly. So I
1: would, yeah, I guess I would go uh, Barkley, Belasi as kind of the differential option, and then Morales, and then Delafeu. So but Delafeu like n- at the bottom. Neither of us are even considering Lukaku at this point. Not really. Um, my next one is one of those 6.5 forwards that everyone's uh, talking about. Yeah, I've been reading the la- about them. They they're the latest, like greatest
0: things. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, needs, everyone has to have one.
1: So I'm planning to uh, – yeah. So I think in my, my transfer before game week four, I'm, I'm going to be dropping Jamie Vardy uh, for one of these guys. We'll We'll see who steps up in game week three. Uh, Alvaro Negredo, who I've been trashing nonstop on the podcast since, uh, since like, the first preseason pod. Uh, or possibly uh, possibly Andre Gray, the uh, homophobic uh, Twitter <laughs>
0: man. <I'm sure. laughs> so is this an opportunity for us to pivot out of Everton Corner and into uh, the next section of the pod? Let's do it, but let's take a little break first. Same old podcast, always shady. Okay, we're back, and we're going to try and pivot here out of Everton Corner, and uh, I think a good way to do that is to read this um, comment from Zikri on Twitter, at TFS Zikri says, Once Belasi is nailed, finding the point five to get him from Gaston Ramirez will be my top priority. So... Gaston Ramirez was one of the big concerns coming out of game week two. He looked like a rising star after um, game week one. He had uh, a near goal and also a fantastic assist to um, Negredo, speaking of 6.5 forwards. So we need to talk. We need Josh, we need to talk about midfielders. Seriously. We do. Right? It's time we talked about midfielders. So, And I think the... the There's a whole range of midfielders that's really plaguing everyone right now, from the cheap midfielders to the mid-tier and to who are they? Who even are the heavy hitter midfielders? I mean, if Kapue is the number one player in the game right now, I don't think we've really seen the true midfield heavy hitters emerge just yet.
1: And I'm I'm not sure that we will, actually, for for a little while here. I mean, it's kind of a tricky... It's been an unusual start of the season. I think part of that is, you know, because of the Euro Cup, we have a lot of top midfielders who haven't really been been playing yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, we only you know, seen fifteen minutes of Mezzal so far this season. And, you know, um Nolito uh, has really only played cameo roles, you know, since he's come on. Yeah. So I think that it's 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 gonna start to shake out, but I, I don't know that it's fully Fully totally shaken itself out yet. Uh, Dave from Burnley, who um, we could have like a whole Dave from Burnley corner because he asked us uh, several questions. I, I, we'll get to like maybe like two. You know, you got you to be fair with these things. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: Uh, Dave, Dave said, "We'll
0: take we'll uh, take your questions offline,
1: Dave." I will say Dave, he's now differential Dave on Twitter. He's a very good Twitter follow. So if you uh, if you're looking for more good FPL people on Twitter, I would I would select him. Uh, he said, uh, "How do you find value in the 9.5 million bracket?" Uh, I guess the the answer the the quick answer there is that you have to not try to find someone who fits that 9.5 million slot, right? Yeah. And if 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 Eric Lamella is going to be playing like a 9.5 million midfielder, then that's then that's well, fine, yeah, and then the, the money can get the,
0: reinvested in the,
1: the attacker. It's or, the, you know, the Mares
0: case, in that Riyaz, Riyad Maras basically was playing as a 9.5 midfielder all last season, and only now this season is he 9.5, and who knows if he'll actually perform at that level. But yeah. So
1: I actually have my, my pick here, Brandon. Okay. This is actually, he's, he's an obscure player, you've probably never heard of him, uh-huh. uh, and I'm not even sure how to say his name, there's an umlaut.
0: Is it, um, is it uh, Lyndon Gooch? It is Lyndon Gooch. I knew
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Had you ever heard of Lyndon Gooch?
0: No, never. And we're I Americans. can't believe
1: there are three Americans. All follow the U.S. men's national team. All follow
0: really closely. Uh, never w- heard of this guy. I was on his Wikipedia page earlier. He's made four appearances to for uh, for the U twenty three team. And okay, I, the guy he looks he looks like a stud. He's he's he look, looked good in today's match. He's got a man's body, but it's not Lyndon Gooch. It's Mesut Ozil. Okay, yeah.
1: Nine point five million looked fantastic in the twenty minutes that he played in the Arsenal Leicester match. Uh, and Arsenal's fixtures, I mean, Arsenal is—you know—I mean, everyone who follows us on Twitter knows that I'm just constantly like sharing articles about the end of the Wenger era. And, like, I just—it's like my way of like of like processing my my grief over what <laughs> Arsene Wenger is now doing to the squad. Yeah, you and every I, other uh, Arsenal fan. I know we're all just in full meltdown right now, uh, but their fixtures are. Bleeding spectacular, man! They're playing away to Watford in game week three. They're home to Southampton in game week four. Away to Hull in game week five. Chelsea match, which isn't that scary given what we've seen of the Chelsea defense so far. And then it's an unbelievable run from game week seven through ten. They're away to Burnley, home to Swansea, home to Middlesbrough, away to Sunderland, um, and it's fantastic. I mean, you know, so I really think that. And he's he's the one who's going to play, right? He's going to play. 80 plus minutes every single match. Yeah. Completely evolved in the attack. Looked like he was fully ready to play in uh, in game week two. Um, so I think I think he's really tempting. I mean, I, I I suppose I would at least consider him as an alternative to Hazard as my as one of my midfielder replacements. But um, yeah, I really think that he
0: is uh, he's where the value is going to be found because I think his his ownership level right now is four point nine percent. Four point nine percent. I mean, that's ridiculous considering the season he had last. I mean, obviously everyone was smart enough to not pick him up when he wasn't going to play. Right, six goals and nineteen
1: assists last season. Uh, played basically every single match. You know, he had a, like a little bit of a of a poor run of form near the end mm-hmm. of the season, but uh, you can't. You know, you can hardly blame him because you know Arsenal doesn't believe in squad depth, so he had to play uh, <laughs> basically every single match.
0: So um, I can't help myself. Well, one of the Arsenal midfielders I had my eye on was Santi Cazorla. And he looks integral to that midfield once again and priced at 7.5. One of the reasons, though, that I really liked him and was thinking of bringing him in was he was on every set piece when he actually got into the match this weekend, taking every corner and taking a, uh, a few free kicks. but. Speaking of Mesut once when Mesut gets Ozel gets into uh, the starting lineup, Ozil's going to be on all those dead balls. So I, yeah. I do get a little more concerned about what Cazorla's going to look like once the midfield actually starts this, to come back together. It's unclear what's happening with that midfield right
1: now. I don't know why, granted, is coming off the bench in game week one and getting subbed in the 60th minute. I thought uh, it was ludicrous
0: that Xhaka weird. comes off before Coughlin comes off. Coughlin on a yellow card. I mean, I know Xhaka loves a meaty challenge Almost, as well. Uh, Almost hit a red. He Coughlin should have hit a red. Yeah. I, yeah, uh, yeah. Coughlin is one of my favorite players to hate on. I, I think that guy stinks. Uh, Lojun on, on Twitter, uh, that's
1: L-O-J-U-N. I don't know why I'm spelling his name. Uh, he knows how to spell his name. Uh, on Twitter says, uh, with Arsenal having relatively good fixtures from Game Week 3 to Game Week 10, are players like Ozil and Sanchez worth looking at? Uh, I guess I kind of put the cart before the horse here. But, yes, I, I do think that – I think that Ozil is worth looking at. I think that Sanchez is not worth looking at. I think that he looks a little – um what's the word they use a little cynical right now i think that he's uh he's wiped out from playing basically nonstop uh for the last couple of years it was the, uh, that's, that's the same, three years really same thing last
0: season cup and two cup americas it took him like at least 10 game weeks before he started looking back to his normal self last season you'd expect the same thing this season it, Exactly, and you know, I was reading um, the Ars Blog um, blog
1: this morning, and they were talking about how you know they're trying to play him as a as a forward right now, but it's just not a natural fit for him. So he's he's kind of he keeps drifting out wide and sort of passing it, and suddenly they're in a position where there are no forwards yeah. and you just have a bunch of midfielders are passing the ball around.
0: Yeah, um, you like so, Sanchez when Giroud is playing because Giroud's hold up play is pretty decent, and he's able to just play a guy like Sanchez. Through behind the back line, and I don't see Sanchez as the guy just doing that by himself. Now, now granted, this could be a moot point because Sanchez should be moving back to the midfield now,
1: uh, you know, with with Giroud back and and playing. But um, I still don't know that Giroud is going to be playing the full night. You know, it's it's kind of a tricky situation. And I, what about what about Theo Walcott? What
0: do you think about Walcott? Is he on your radar at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's a great whipping boy, but he's he's looked. Fine at times.
1: Yeah, I mean, at seven point five million, I guess you're kind of at least you're finally getting what you pay for mm-hmm. with Theo Walcott. I mean, for for a long time he's been he's been overpriced. Uh, Nine million, eight point five million. I mean, I, I I don't know if I can get his starting. I guess I guess I'll just be able to see what his end price was, but he. Um, yeah, I mean, Theo Walcott has been $9 million or higher since the 2011-2012 season. Yeah. So this season he's finally at $7.5 million. Now that granted, there, there may be times when he's not starting every game, but I actually think he probably will be starting consistently. Um, but I think for that good run, I mean, Theo Walcott's like a bit of a You really do think he'll, too. Be, he'll be a regular starter, you think? I, mean, I to, think so. Me, he's yeah. Well, interchange- with he's with of With Aaron Ramsey out for a month, I think he's definitely uh, – I think they need him uh, right now.
0: I don't know if you're slotting in Ozil guys who haven't played Giroud and Ozil. If you think they're going to be starting, I don't see where Walcott really fits in. If you're keeping Cazorla I mean, they, in, if you're keeping Jaka in, maybe another uh, defensive midfielder like Cacilien.
1: I mean, I guess they they would have to not do the two defensive midfielder formation that they have right. that, they, that they used a little bit last season, and you'd you just play Jaka and Cacilien would be would be on the outs, I guess.
0: I would want to uh, see oxlade yeah. Chamberlain starting over Walcott if I were an Arsenal fan.
1: Yeah, it's just the Ox. It's just not the Ox is destined to go to a, a club like Everton at some point. I just don't. He's had some injury issues, and I mean, you know, the guy only scored one goal last season. You know, it's just not. I mean, he looks good in the preseason every year, but he's he's battled health problems, and I just I just don't know that he's quite what Arsenal need. I mean, I, they need him as long as he's okay playing 30 minutes, you know, 20 matches a season and playing in all the, all the league cup matches and and all that stuff. So I, you know, I, I I think actually Wellcut is an interesting option and I, I, I don't want to write him off. Um, and again, I think it's because of the price. Uh, Alexis Sanchez is 11 million, and he looks completely worn out. <laughs> you know, in game week two, Theo Welka looks like he's really trying right now. I think he's going to be starting most game weeks. Okay. Uh, so I think that for this run of fixtures, he's actually an interesting option. But all that said, I would go. Um, I guess I would go Ozil, and and really only Ozil. I don't know that I'd really look at even even someone like Kazorla, because I think he's going to be playing. Right. Deeper once, uh, once everybody's back well, and playing. Josh,
0: Josh, this is the midfielder roundtable, not the Arsenal roundtable. So let's, right, uh, let's right. get another, another comment comes from... The one at, club I know a lot about. <laughs> at Fat Guerrilla says, all of my out-of-position cheap mids keep getting injured. What to do? So so now we're thinking about um, cheaper midfield options. Uh, we all have to have them, particularly if we're slotting Aguero and Ibra up front. We're all going to have at least two guys under... million in our midfield right so going back to Gaston Ramirez getting subbed just like a sucker punch to all of us managers gets taken out at the 58th minute or or something robbing him of two precious points um I don't know I, I still like Ramirez should have still been on the field and I think that Burrow would have looked a lot better the rest of that game had he been on and I was kind of felt uh reinvigorated as a Ramirez owner seeing how how Burrow started to fall to pieces after he came off the field so I'm not worried about him I'm not super worried about him either
1: it it it, it gives me pause certainly um to, anytime a player gets subbed off in the 50th minute you wonder if you're dealing with uh with a Dellaface situation where the manager you know he was subbed off in the uh, the first match too so you wonder if maybe they feel like he's just not He's not a ninety-minute player, you know, right. um, and that's a little scary. Uh, especially, like you said, because you're going to have to play all your midfielders, or you know, you're going to really need to go four deep, and you really you're going to have to be smart about finding value um, all the way down your midfield right now.
0: Yeah, I don't um, know enough. I don't know enough about Burrow, but they could just be managing his fitness because of you know his, his longstanding leg injury, and maybe they're just bringing him up to speed, and he'll be which a is 90.
1: another which is another concern though too, right? That that. This guy is injury prone, so sure. it, that, that 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 tends to
0: come back to haunt you every yeah. year, right? I mean, like at like at the Ox and, and Jack Wilshire. Yeah, so I, I have Jordan Ibe in the midfield, and I watched that uh, Bournemouth game today, and Jordan Ibe looked pretty pretty terrible. Um, you mentioned that he also looked terrible in game week one. Yeah, and he he just looked really slow. He wasn't tracking back on defense, which. They paid fifteen million for this guy, and if he's not going to hustle and he's going to act like a diva and also make terrible decisions and and not look yeah. good, so I mean I'm I'm kind of stuck with Ibe until I can uh, bank two transfers because I don't I don't see who else I would bring in for Jordan Ibe all these all these defensive. Mids- what about what about Robert Stongrass? I mean, you know. Their
1: fixtures aren't great, but um, I mean, at five point five million, that guy is a pretty decent option. I, we may have underrated him a little bit coming into the podcast. I mean, if ever, if anyone's going to be scoring on on Hall, he's probably going to be involved. Um, now, granted, yeah. they scored two, they scored two goals in the last match, and he wasn't involved in either one. So uh, that's no, like I, quite, I, quite literally not true. I hear uh, you saying. Sort, I, sort of I'm,
0: I'm trying not to get too excited about this whole team. I mean, the merciless. Smack talking against Hull in the preseason. I don't want to get swayed just by two decent results to start the season. Now, granted, I I think that's a pretty; those are two pretty compelling results. But are we really talking about Snodgrass? I'd I'd rather I'd rather wait it out with a guy like Jordan Iep than than buy into the Hull squad. Okay, fair enough.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's essential to you don't need to move heaven and earth to fill your fourth midfielder slot instantly. But, uh, I mean, I think Nathan Redman is another player that we, we talked about a lot in the late of the podcast. I thought he looked not great in game week two, but it's in a way a match at man United. It's about as tough of a match you're going to have all season. So, uh, I wouldn't read too much into that. And, in two of their next three fixtures they're um they're home uh game week three they're home to Sunderland game week five they're home to uh Swansea so um I'm very excited about having Redmond for those two fixtures I think if, especially if you're looking at they actually get they get a little bit worse um starting in game week six so if you're just looking for a player to have for about three weeks I think that Nathan Redmond is an interesting option yeah um still only 6.1 still only selected by 10.8 percent of uh, uh, managers
0: uh, I was just looking at these Stoke midfielders like Shakiri and Boyan. I mean Boyan 6.0 if the Stoke team actually starts firing, Boyan is I think a really good option A 2.5 ownership. We know he's on pens now too. Yeah, and a well taken pen. I mean, if if Shakiri is quick to come back from injury and you know how that Stoke midfield looked when it was totally gelled for I mean what, two or three games last season. Yeah, I think they do have it in them. So if I, Stoke's still a mid-table side, and if they're going to get to mid-table, Boyan's going to have some goals. I like him too.
1: I mean, it's just it's hilarious looking at this list of the top scoring midfielders right now. I mean, it's all defensive midfielders. Leroy Fer, baby. You got, yeah, I mean well, Leroy Fer at least is more of an attacker. But I mean, you've got you've got Kapuwé, who's not going to be scoring long term. Uh, you've got uh, Victor Wanyama, sort of the classic. The classic fifth midfielder uh, who scored a Yellow pretty lucky goal. It was basically he basically was in the right place for a. Uh, it was a headed like it was a headed goal that he kind of got in the way of and headed yeah. it along. Uh, I mean Gareth Barry, this guy is not going to be scoring this, any this points weekend this weekend.
0: Could destroy every single casual in the game. <laughs> like they're going to go to this <laughs> list and be like, all right, great, I'm bringing in Kapui Barry Fur, get yeah, Craig Gardner down there, yeah, and they're uh, K- Kapui. Scored one goal over the course of the last three seasons. It's crazy that he's got two and two now. There's just there's no conceivable way he keeps it up. It's true, but his ownership is good. It's
1: going to be an amazing rise and fall with Kapuya's ownership because some people are going to bring him in. He's only at 8.3% right now. That's going to get up to like 30% once people start playing their wild cards. And then he's going to go like eight weeks without doing anything or 12 weeks or longer, right? He didn't do anything all of last season, right? I mean, the whole yeah. year he had... Yeah. Uh, let's see. He had zero goals and one assist in all all 38 weeks last season. So there's a good chance he won't do anything for literally
0: the rest of the year. And I think he played every single game for Watford. It's not like he, uh, only played half the games. Exactly. So, I mean, it's no, there's no, you know, I
1: mean, obviously there's no reason to drop him if you have him in your team already, or if you're, he's an okay person to wildcard in, I suppose too, just because, uh, He's clearly in some kind of good runner form right now. But I think his, his price is going to get down to like 4.2 in game week 20 because everyone's going to have him and they're going to ultimately drop
0: him. OK, Josh, at Steve Fott Music on Twitter says, I need a mid-price midfielder. Who would you pick, Morales or Mata? So this is an interesting question. Looking now at the Manchester United midfield that's also being rotated. Juan Mata, what do you think about that?
1: I don't know. I I, I don't think long term he's going to be.
0: The writing is on the wall, isn't it? With, with I Modern think it Marino? is. I
1: still I still wonder if he's in the shop window right now for for Manu. If they're trying to, you know. I mean, I know Everton was rumored for a while. God, wouldn't that be a great fit for them? I it would I don't be. know. I I think that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think long – I think ultimately Heinrich Mkhitaryan, who's an absolute class player, is going to be playing in that one Mata slot. And I I don't really know why it hasn't happened yet. It feels like kind of a power play, sort of like there are no automatic spots on this team. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like it's – you know, I, I, Mata has apparently earned it. I, I, I don't want even to be totally cynical about Mourinho's intentions, even though everything that Jose Mourinho has done throughout his entire career would lead us to feel cynical about his intentions. Uh, but I do think that I, I wouldn't have Mata and I wouldn't have, I know there was a question that, um, uh, Simon at, uh, S es- car UK said, uh, thoughts on Herrera at United. Uh, he's starting to play more regularly. I mean, you know, Herrera didn't even start in game week two. So he, he played nine minutes. So I don't really know what that means in terms of more regularly. I, there's no one in that midfield that I want right now. Um, with the exception, I suppose of, of, um, of your boy, Brandon. My boy, my my Anthony son, Mar- Anthony, your son, your child,
0: <laughs> My your son, child, Anthony, Anthony, Martial.
1: Anthony Martial. I mean, one only scored one goal, and it was uh, you know, he was basically given the goal on a silver platter. So I, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily read too much into that. I mean, Martial, uh, I thought he was a little peripheral in this game, to yeah. be totally
0: honest. Um, I I am concerned about that too. If he becomes an afterthought in this, Pogba, Mkhitaryan, and Wayne Rooney looks like he's gonna. Keep his place in that starting eleven, and if it's Mkhitaryan, Pogba, Ibra, and Rooney, you, you are concerned about how Martial fits in and how active he is in the goal scoring.
1: Part of my concern in the, the second half of that Man U match, you know, so they go up two nothing, and basically the game is over, right? I mean, all the all the life goes out of that game when when Ibra scores that goal, and it felt like they could have actually scored more and i felt like marshall was maybe stopping them from scoring more because i think he he really wanted to get a goal mm-hmm. and there were a, a lot of breaks where marshall wasn't like he had tunnel vision you know he's yep. like he's driving down and that he is going to shoot on goal it's going to be his goal and it concerns me a little bit that maybe he isn't quite ready to embrace his role as a he as a wide player, and yeah. uh, maybe he still has that forwards mentality. Now, granted, that could be a great thing if he's in good form and scoring goals, and suddenly you've got the you've got the wide player scoring goals. But um, there's a little bit of like the walk out there, and that was a, a bit of a concern for me. But yeah. um, you know, they've got a pretty good run of fixers coming up. Wait uh, a hull um, that um, I mean, a wait a hull. I shouldn't like even be like wait <laughs> a hull. It's a good, it's <laughs> <laughs> <Woo, laughs> an exciting one. Claxon. Uh, then you got the man city derby and uh, and then away to Watford. So um I don't know. I mean I I guess I, I at least have to consider bringing in Marshall. I've, I've kind of been locked into this Eden Hazard move uh for game week 3, but you know
0: Marshall away to Hull is a pretty pretty alluring fixture. Let me throw one out for you Josh. Raheem Sterling at uh, 8.0. Now he, the, the source no, thank of, of much derision. I have I have a list of of this is a strange season for me. I have a list of, like, midfielders that I have a long-standing distaste for, like Eric Lamella and then now uh, Kevin Morales and Raheem Sterling. I, I, clearly, the season hasn't really totally taken off yet for me to be considering all these guys. But Sterling um, was heavily involved in everything going forward uh, this past weekend against Stoke. He'd petered out a little bit in the second half. But he does look like he's a little bit of a project for Pep, and if it works, um, 8.0 could be a relatively fair price for him. Um, yeah, I I mean, you're, you're, you're absolutely
1: right. Um, I, I feel like the, the player that I really want to have in that squad is Nolito, mm-hmm. and I guess I just want to wait until he's definitely a starter, which should be sometime soon. Well, you know, I'm I, curious
0: I, to see what happens to his price, so he, he dipped now to 8.9, but now— He's he scored two gimme goals coming in as a sub, but is that going to inflate his price back up to nine Do you need to buy now?
1: Well, I mean, no, I buy now to, for a tenth of a point. You know, the, I, I do think that uh, what, what I hope happens is that it, it makes it sort of gets Pep, you know, like feeling like he's ready for the the rigors the Premier League or whatever, and now he's mm-hmm. going to be now he's going to be starting consistently. Uh, God, I really, I mean, once Nolito, if Nolito was a starter, I mean, that guy is like straight into my squad. I mean, I really am excited about having him at some point soon. Um, I think, but I, okay. So here's my, like, here's my, my, my plan right now, Brandon. Okay. See if this is going to work. Okay. I feel like
0: I'm in your inner sanctum right now.
1: I've got my two, uh, I got my two transfers I'm gonna make this week. And, uh, the next week, uh, Vardy is going to go and, Moving Vardy into some other midfielder is going to free, and some other six point five million forward, or six point six, wherever they're at right now, is going to free up around three million in cash, depending on what I have left over from, from my midfield moves. I can then turn Nathan Redmond into Nolito right before Southampton's fixtures get worse. Okay, I, I mean, think this could work. I think this could be, uh, you know, this is a real strategy. It,
0: it is. I'm not saying yeah. it's a good. It, it,
1: is, it is. It is. It is literally a strategy. I don't know if it's a good one or a bad one, but
0: it's. I, I Technically, can, it's a strategy. I can see a leg break or a ligament tear in there somewhere that's going to totally screw <laughs> up your plans. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs>
1: I, have you? I've never been able to plan three weeks ahead without it ever. It always goes like totally awry. It
0: goes awry either there's another guy that you really have to get somewhere along the line that that really hits form, or, or he, yeah, somebody gets suspended. And it gets screws up your plan.
1: Speaking of have to get, let's move on to uh, our next our next hot topic, Brandon, Ibra and Aguero. Ton of ton of questions about Ibra and Aguero this week. Uh, James Drury, who's uh, another another good Twitter follower and a podcaster himself, says uh, now that he's in penalties, he's surely a must.
0: hashtag Always Captain Zlatan. And now, uh, did you see Mourinho's comments at a press conference in which he said clearly that he has three guys on pens. Pogba, Rooney, and Zlatan, and he then leaves it up to them as to the order in which they cycle through that rotation. Now, I, that's Mourinho f- famous for his games, gamesmanship in press conferences. Is there much truth to that? You could really see Zlatan taking every PK, but mm-hmm. I, it's not a certain that certainty that it's a lock. No, we, we didn't talk
1: about just. Not that I, I, I want to stay on the I thing, but just as an aside, did
0: you? Um, I don't know. I said you were flying homeless, and did you I watch did. any of Pogba? Like, he I, looked I just, pretty good. I just saw the highlights, and from what I could tell from the highlights, Pogba was first on the scene to celebrate the goals. Now, I don't know he, if that was written into I mean, the contract, like we have to get a good shot of you and Zlatan <laughs> celebrating at the corner flag, just the two right. of you. He looks completely awesome. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm not, I, I don't think he's necessarily a great fantasy asset or even anyone you have to – He's like just someone to someone to watch for. I mean, I, I could totally see him scoring in this whole match in game week 3, but I don't think long term he's worth 8.5 million given that his role is not to be scoring goals and he's setting the play up, you know, yeah. he's moving
0: things along, looked but he like looks he a, so like great. he took a few shots from outside the box, so that that could turn into something.
1: He did. I think he I think he might have uh, stung Forster's poems at one time or another, but mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't uh you know, he wasn't um he didn't look that dangerous in terms of scoring. You know, he just looked awesome. I mean, like when you watch him play and the way he played with and you think this, this man, you team could actually win the league this year.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Not something I would have said even, you know, two or three weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Well, getting back to the topic at hand, Tom tweet 84 asks on Twitter, is it worth a reshuffle of the team to get Ibra and Aguero would minus eight be too much? So we're talking about, are both of them a must have in your team? And if they are, how do you get them in? Are you burning points? Are you wild carding? Or are you trying to play a long, complex game plan out to get them in?
1: I think you said it at the beginning of the podcast. I, I I don't know how you can avoid having these two players right now, especially given that their fixtures are good. Yeah. I mean, there's so many reasons to have them. They're They're scoring in every single match. There's no reason to think they're going to stop anytime soon. Their ownership level is tipping up over 50% for both players. Uh, and their fixtures are good. I mean, there's there's nothing. This is not this is not game week 37. You know, where you need to be looking for differential forward options. You just have to have them. And it, part of being good at this game is is being defensive. And it's it's a real problem that I have sometimes. I I do not often play good defense, and it comes back to haunt me. But I got them, and uh, I'm happy that I do because <laughs> they they absolutely saved my week. And I really think that. Yeah, if you don't have them and you can't, I would either burn points or wild card to bring them both in. It's just not worth not having them unless unless you really just want to be uh, a rogue player that doesn't um, that doesn't kind of play the right way or that doesn't play the quote unquote right way. You know, because I don't think there's any reason not to have these guys.
0: For those of you listening at home, in your car, uh, on the bus, maybe. Uh, just watching Josh now on video chat, I have never seen him gesticulate as much doing this podcast <laughs> as he did just then. So be be clear, he means about he, he means this, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, you, it, it's 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 setting up to be the season of Aguero and Ibra. Just right from the outset, you could see it, hindsight twenty twenty. Uh, you could see it coming from a mile away, though. So it's I yeah. I like you feel very good to be set up. For this, and not have to worry about it, because I would definitely be worrying about it if not.
1: I, I've heard some people complain about. I mean, it is kind of frustrating. It's frustrating because they're so expensive, and so it basically means that everyone has twenty four point five million tied up. But at least there are two options this year. At least, at least every week there's a tough call about who you have to captain. I mean, yeah. you know, last season when Agüero was healthy, you kind of always had to captain him. You know, or if you didn't captain him, you were taking a big risk. And yeah. I mean, game week three, we've got. You know, you've got Aguero uh, at home to Man to to West Ham and Ibra away to Hull City. I mean, that like flip a coin. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it could it could end up being a neutral like it was this week. But I, I don't think in most weeks you're going to have both of them scoring two goals and picking up three bonus points. I think that. You know, something's going to happen to one of them in a match or they're just not going to... I mean, obviously, these guys are going to score two goals in every single match. So we're going to see some swings in points because you're going to have to guess right, you know, week in and week out. And that's, you know, I mean, at least that's something. At least it's not, you know, totally
0: kind of the same thing every week every week with with Aguero. Watching James Collins today uh, against Bournemouth, uh, he looks like he's ready to lay, uh, commit some penalty... <sighs> Penalty box fouls against Man City <laughs> next weekend. Yeah, he's yeah he's got he's got he's got that fire, you know. Yeah, I like love real, Jimmy
1: Collins. He's like a real jackass. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dip, so there was also kind of a question about about Kane. I mean, a lot of people sort of, uh, you know, there were some people, you know, went went Vardy, which obviously was a huge mistake, and all, all of us Vardy owners regret it. Uh, but Harry Kane's been pretty frustrating too. I mean, he did pick up an assist in. Uh, and game week two, but you know, different, uh, differential Dave says, uh, why does Kane take eight weeks to get going every year? And Paul Naren said, stick with Kane or get Ebra now. Now we already talked about, yes, get Ebra now. Uh, but I, what do you think about Kane? I mean, they're, they're going into some pretty good fixtures and why, why, why isn't he playing better? I mean, what's, what's the deal there?
0: Well, watching England in the Euros, Kane looked truly, remarkably terrible, which which was really vexing because we know he's an amazing player. He had a great season last year. I I guess I, I don't even want to think about it because there's no way I can have Harry Kane this season. If I'm keeping Ibra and Aguero and say I have a heavy hitter, like Hazard in my midfield there's no possible conceivable way in which I can afford Harry Kane Um, so he's he's sort of like immediately out of the conversation and it could become a season in which you just have to bank that Harry Kane will hit some kind of form he will start scoring goals and then it will be a test of do you have the the fortitude to stand strong and not okay so there will be a week we can imagine right where Ibra blanks, or he just gets rested because of a Champions League fixture. Kane it may then, happen
1: five days from now. Yeah. It may happen
0: 20, 26 days from now. But Kane then comes in, he scores a hat trick, and then you're like, well, I see these fixtures. They're a little they're a little dicey. Maybe I bring in Kane this, for Ibra. Th- this, this,
1: this happened last season, remember? I mean, he had this really poor start of the season. He scored a hat trick on way to Bournemouth, and you're like, well... And His ownership was pretty low at the time. And You're like, well, do I do I bring him in now? Yeah. And then he started banging in goals he every wins, single week. Wins
0: the golden boot.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think you're right. It's going to be a real test, and I, I do think that you know, given given. Just, I don't know. I mean, just given that the nature of things, uh, Aguero and, and Zlatan aren't going to stay healthy the whole year. So, it, you know, it, it's just not a problem we have to worry about at the moment because yeah. Kane's out of form. These guys are doing well. Right. You can go with the with the three man, you know, forward line too, but I, I, you know, really, I was really felt burned this week, uh, just given that because I had this expensive forward line, um, you know, with, with, uh, you know, Aguero, Kane, and, and, uh, or, excuse me, Aguero, um, uh, Ibra. Ibra and Vardy. Thank yeah. you. Um, that, um, you know, I just I couldn't bring in a, a Spurs defender. I didn't yeah. have an Arsenal defender. And, you know, I have these 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 cheapos, you know, outside of Luke Shaw and uh, they didn't come through, you know, which they usually don't. And so um, that's that's really the problem with not having a balanced squad is it looks awesome when everything clicks. But when it doesn't, you're like, well, why am I like a chump who's got this 10 million striker <laughs> when everyone else is picking up 10 points from Alvaro Negredo or
0: yeah.
1: or. Um, Or, you know, Andre Gray, which brings us to our final hot topic of the week, Brandon. The third striker symposium. Now, you said you prepared your papers. I can, I can hear My the shuffling paper. yeah. of papers on your desk. Yeah. So we knew going into the season that there were a lot of 6.5 million striker options available. Kind of a, a whole wealth of them. And um, I would add that there's kind of a 7.5 million option now, too, because Christian Benteke has, has officially joined Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. And I think
0: he's a very tempting option at 7.5 million. Sure, uh, at one of the crummiest teams in the entire league. But a team full of speedy wingers. Uh-huh. I just, I like,
1: I like what it might look like there. You know, Those, like you've got Zaha and Punchin and these guys you know, running down the flanks, and then you've got a big, tall guy. And it's uh-huh. basically what Arsenal do, right? I mean, they've got the, they got their kind of point guy in the front. And, yeah. And, uh, I mean, do you think, okay, do you think that Benteke is better than Olivier Giroud? No.
0: I, I don't, don't think so either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, not by miles. I don't think Giroud is better by miles. Uh, Giroud, well, that, that's a very interesting question. Benteke basically took a season off at Liverpool. When he was at Villa, he carried that team on his shoulders, and Giroud is never going to carry a team unless he moves to D.C. United or something like that. Right. and. Also, Giroud—he fits so nicely into what they're trying to do there at Arsenal that that might also make him look better than he actually is. But on the whole, I think Giroud's technique is is better than uh, Benteke's. I, I think so too. I was just I was just raising the <laughs> uh, the question. Yeah, I thought it was a very interesting question, Josh. Uh,
1: Lazaro's uh, at, at Verides uh, USA says. Please lend support to those of us currently in shock that Andy Carroll is still Andy Carroll. Uh, hashtag hammergeddon. Hashtag 6.5 mil.
0: Poor Carroll. God, it just—it will never end with him, will it? No, it, it won't. And it's sad because he's hes a rare sort of striker. I mean, we're going back to our conversation we were just having about big men like Benteke and Giroux, Carroll is right up there with... It's it's really hard to judge how good he is because we haven't seen enough of him. And when he does, he'll do crazy things like score hat trick. You know, that that lineup that West Ham put out today against Bournemouth like looked completely ludicrous on paper. There was like not a single <laughs> good player on that team, apart from maybe Antonio who had a f- fantastic season last year. Yeah,
1: it's it's brutal. And with with Pyatt, uh I don't know. I I think I don't think what he has is that much that big of a problem, but. Uh, yeah, they got to they got to kind of because yeah, A is out now, and Lanzini was out, and um, Fraguli I think is a little I think he maybe okay. He's got a hamstring injury, they say, um, and yeah, so
0: it's and Sacco's so- out, Carol's yeah. out. It's it's a strange squad. the uh, the the first the first item the first bullet on my white paper at this symposium I'd like to present to the always cheating listeners is don't sleep on Sam Vokes. Sam Vokes is cheaper than Andre Gray, okay? He's 6. I was not 0. expecting this. 6.0, 0.6% uh-huh. ownership. The strike he took to open up the scoring this weekend was sensational. Like And you said this paper was peer reviewed. Yeah, yes it was. <laughs> Vokes is out there scoring goals for Wales in the Euros. This guy, this guy is not a joke. Like he's play he's out there playing sports all the I time. I don't see I don't see anybody laughing, Brandon. And I thought Andre Gray, uh, I said this at the start of the pod, even though I'm an owner, I, I'm a little worried about the way he looked out on the field. It looked really slow. Um, he you can't he, own another human being, Brandon. But you, <laughs> yeah, He's on your team, yes. But he, he had a Vardy-esque breakaway. I That's the kind top. of thing he would talk about on his Twitter feed, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I wish I could own all these people. <laughs> what, a, what a strange. What a weird, what a horrible tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Those were you, you couldn't – you just couldn't even um, dream up like worse tweets, like more I mean, it, terrible it makes me, dehumanizing It tweets. honestly
1: makes me feel like I shouldn't have him on my team. I mean, yeah. I – you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just a game, but my goodness, that was really offensive. Well, we should – I mean, should. he came out – he did a full-throated apology and – you know, I know that uh, the 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 paragon of virtue that is Joey Barton uh, stood up for him uh, today as well. So uh-huh. uh, you know, and he was basically like, "I was twenty and dumb, and and now I'm better." So I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, I guess. But it's 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 not like uh, homophobia isn't a huge problem in, in the sport. So uh, that was kind of uh, less than less than cool.
0: But Sam Vokes, seriously, he's had, that is that <laughs> is a, that is a strike partnership. I was going to say, that Gray had this breakaway where he was in on goal, and he was too like a, two central defenders basically strolled up the field to catch up to him and totally put him off. But but Vokes is part of that partnership, and if okay, if Gray actually comes into, I heard you heard the ambulance that I called to come pick you up because you've really lost your mind. Oh, here they come, <laughs> the Vokes police. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to start a, a support group uh, online called Vocal Vokes. People who are unafraid to speak up in favor of Sam Vokes. Pretty,
1: pretty good Vokes.
0: But this could be. Okay. Why
1: are there more Vokes puns in the team names? There should be more. <laughs> Sorry, imagine
0: no. imagine Dini and Egallo last season, right? Like okay, so Igalo is your Andre Gray and Dini is your Sam Vokes. I know we often compare Dini's body to Gray's body, but <laughs>
1: Yeah, but 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 Egallo finished with like 40 more points than uh than Dini at the end of the last season. <laughs> yeah, but
0: but 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 I think you could still say there was a point in the season at which you were much better served having Dini in your squad than Igallo Okay, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think it's.
1: I, I don't. I don't agree with you, but I, I. I think it's a fair assessment.
0: This, this from a guy who 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 made fun of me mercilessly for promoting Negredo in the preseason. I I was wrong. I don't like it when people on
1: podcasts or radio. Or wherever. I don't want this to turn into one of these like ESPN first takes things where I can't, like, I don't want to be Rush Limbaugh over here. <laughs> like, I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong on something. Clearly, I was wrong on Negreto. He's looked pretty good in the first two matches. We'll see if he can keep it up. He couldn't keep it up when he was at City. Uh, the player that I will nominate, and I wish their fixtures were better, uh, eventually they will be, is uh, Abel Hernandez, who uh, has picked up a golden assist already in the season. He's he's priced at $6 million. He was banging him in at basically the same rate as Andre Gray in the preseason. And uh, he's got a little bit of Premier League experience as well. Um, not, not a ton. I, he, he played sparingly in the 2014-15 season. He did, he did beg uh, four goals and an assist. So uh, I think that Abel Hernandez at $6 million is uh, a really tempting player. I mean, the thing about Vokes and, and Gray is that if Vokes were like five like, – you know, like, like Christian Stuani is kind of a weird one now, right, because he bangs in. I don't keep saying bangs <laughs> in. I don't think I've ever said bangs in goals before in my life. love You're talking like, like a so real lad. <laughs> Yeah. now i've said it like six times in, in two minutes uh but you know he he scores two he's got a brace uh and he's 4.9 million you're like well that's that's an option and if Volks were five million I'd be interested but i think because Volks and gray one is six one is 6.5 it's not enough of a difference for me to to look his way
0: okay i mean given given what we're asking people to do with Iber and Aguero, i think point five could be like could make or break your team <laughs> it's a good at, point early in the season
1: okay that's a fair, that's a very that's a very fair point uh, so I think that I don't know. I think uh, Abel Hernandez is is an option. This is ignoring the the biggest one, which is you know Negredo himself. I mean, six point six million uh, is looked really good so far. Middlesbrough have uh, you know, pretty good fixtures to come still. Uh, I, I don't think that a way to West Brom match in game week three is actually a, a a very good fixture. I think it's an it's it's a borderline bad fixture. I think. Um, but then uh, Crystal Palace at home. Um, and then it gets a little dicier from there. Everton away, Spurs home, West Ham away. Uh, they play Arsenal and Man City in nine, game, game weeks 9 and 11. So I would I would definitely advocate for bringing a greater win, but I think that um, it might be more of a short-term thing. You know, bring him in for three or four weeks, and then you can move, over, move him over to Abel Hernandez at that point, who uh, has pretty good fixtures from, I think, game week 7 or 8 on.
0: I'll tell you this, Josh. If... If Andre Gray picks up um, some value to six point six during this game week, I will swap Negredo in for Gray. That's how I feel. Really? about Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. Okay. I I'll like put it. the I'll put the always cheating promise on that.
1: Does the Twitter thing affect you at all? Does it make you less likely to have him,
0: or do you just are you just uh, you don't well? I I have gone on record hundreds of times saying that I love Tom Cruise movies and I will go see any, Jack Reacher um, excluded, I will see any Tom Cruise movie because I find him wildly charismatic. He seems Uh like a, seems like a, like a, not even human. Um, I mean, granted, just by him being a Scientologist means he's a part of an alien species or something. Okay. But so uh, I I I have a history of supporting um, unsupportable uh, unsupportable people. I guess I should. say. All right, oh, that was a mouthful. Uh, Chris Scott Grant Shabo uh, Shetzi
1: on uh, Twitter says Andre Gray goal plus an assist, only one bonus point, uh, enough to ditch for Negredo. Now this is Chris Scott Grant. It was like on my case about Andre Gray in the off season on Twitter. I, I guess he like sent me like the box score of their like match against Rangers or something. Uh, but now now he's looking to to drop Gray all of a sudden. <laughs> so uh, I guess you, you you yourself think that uh, it's time to ditch Gray for Frenegra. I,
0: I am with Chris on this one. Absolutely, yeah. Isn't or uppercut this, is this uppercut? Upper cup, cup. Oh yeah, I'm with uppercut Panda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uppercut Panda, I actually want to say to you, come join me on the the vocal Vokes minority group. <laughs> Pretty good Vokes.
1: <laughs> uh, Eric Sibils on Facebook said, uh, I got a pity assist from Negredo. How about that Stuani, though? And uh, that immediately made me wonder if he was a Uruguayan player, because uh, <laughs> Eric Sibils uh, lets us know basically anytime anything good. He is a Uruguayan player. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh stuani yeah 4.9 million uh same fixtures as Negredo. uh i guess he's gonna be playing for them now right you don't you don't suddenly bench a guy after they score a brace right and two two very good goals at that yeah uh well taken pretty lethal so i mean it's, um, it's, it's, yeah i think that that's an option i mean like you said you know if, if you can find a a guy who's who can score for you know he's only at 4.9 million it's certainly uh certainly tempting
0: yeah And there's a whole Uruguayan Uruguayan connection happening there, too, because Gaston Ramirez is also Uruguayan.
1: It would be Uruguayan if you played for Burnley. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, that's uh, that's it for our (laughs) Good Stringer Symposium. Uh, We had a couple other questions that didn't quite fit in. Uh, One is from uh, Jeff Petter. He says, uh, a couple of questions. Are Man City always going to uh, concede? And then he said Sterling disgust, looks good to me. Now Sterling, we already talked about uh, Man City. I, it was kind of frustrating. I actually thought that Stones looked pretty good in the match, and yeah. uh, you know, I mean, there was nothing. The penalty wasn't his fault, and the yellow card was kind of silly. I, it was unnecessary. It was kind of annoying, but yeah. um, I think they're starting to figure it out. I, I, I have a little bit of a concern, I guess, that if he if he makes any mistakes, that he's going to get benched for for company when company's back and healthy and that you have uh, a company odemende back line yeah, i thought
0: you, that you and i were debating this a little bit if company is going to slot back into the starting lineup who does he come in stones or odemende and i felt i felt like stones probably i don't odemende just has settled into that back line for city yeah Yeah,
1: I kind of like Otamende Actually, he's he's a pretty. I I was pretty impressed with him in this match.
0: Yeah, he's Uh, he's he's a strong defender. He's he's good on corners, uh, both offensively and defensively. I I agree with you though regarding uh, City um, conceding because Pep is clearly figuring things out. They looked so organized in the first half of the Stoke City match, and they look like huge difference
1: from game one and two.
0: Yeah, and I could see it really evolving even further in the next month or so, and them them keeping a lot of clean sheets uh, going into the second half of the season.
1: I mean, let's face it, uh, Pep Guardiola is an absolutely fantastic manager. Uh, this squad is loaded with really good players, and within game, like within the next four or five game weeks, we're going to know who these top players are. And I, I really think that most of us will have three three Man City players. I mean. You can almost say two Man City players because Aguero is such a, you know, <laughs> like, he's like baked. In, he's he's such an assumption. so he's so baked into that squad. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not. I'm not worried too much. And I, I know that um, uh, Sanya is um had just like a slight injury and he's gonna be back in that squad too. So I think that I think that defense will look better in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah.
1: Jeremiah Johnson said, uh, "Nolito or no Lolito? No, no, Nolito." <laughs> That's hard.
0: It's hard to, say. No no, that is hard no, to no, say. no, 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 no Nolito. No Nolito. No. <laughs> You can't that say is that the
1: question. Three times fast. I think you could bring in Nolita for game week 3. I think he's probably ready to start. I it, it concerns me a little bit, I guess, that he um that he started one, came off early, he started another one, came in late.
0: Jesus Navas was criminal in this Stoke game. He was putting yeah. passes out of play to nobody. I would be shocked if Navas gets another look at it's that just, starting 11. It's, it's
1: so interesting. You know, we talked about this a little bit where you and I went to the uh, we saw a very nice NYCFC
0: one nothing win yesterday and we were Yeah, it was uh, Lampard versus Gerrard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with we a cameo from Ashley Cole.
1: So yeah, speaking of former Man City midfielders, it's still yeah. still weird to think of Lampard that way. Uh so you know, we were talking about the Nolito thing a little bit and it just it's amazing how someone like Jesus not like some players, just have such a nose for a goal, you know, mm-hmm. such a poacher's sense. And he scored two great poacher's goals at the end of this match. And it's just incredible that Jesus Nabis has played, you know, for what three or four seasons now for for Man City, and he has never had a moment like that where he just he was unmarked within five, within, no one was within five feet of him, and he just flat out missed the or the, you know, Oh my God! I'm like working myself in a corner. The point is, Jesus Navas doesn't score goals. <laughs> Nolito scores goals. Yeah. I think he'll be in the squad long
0: term. Maybe not by game week three, though. Yeah, it's totally true. And I think I said it earlier that it, it's worth contemplating bringing in Nolito now, just to maybe capitalize on his decreased price tag. Yeah.
1: Scott Gill, final question of the of the game week says: What is the template backline? Uh, interesting question. That is an
0: interesting question.
1: Um, I think it's almost easier if we talk about this, like in terms of teams. You know, like what are three teams that have backlines that you'd want here in your right. defense? Right.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, Spurs. We, we didn't even uh, touch upon this. We were talking about how to bring Harry Kane into your uh, striker lineup, and I think right now with Spurs, the easier. Uh, at least short-term option, is to have a defender and or a Spurs midfielder. I know you're looking to get rid of Deli Ali. But I, Spurs have a, this great run of fixtures coming up. They're, they've are they always had a great defense. Uh, Michelle Vorm, a great keeper, even with Loris out injured. I think they'll keep a lot of cleanies. And then United. I've doubled up on United with De Gea and Luke Shaw. I think they are a must, absolute must for your defense. Yeah,
1: well, cer- certainly one defender. I, I, I do... I feel a little bad about not not having De Gea Makes these manual matches kind of hard. Like they're, it's a strange experience because you almost you're almost kind of rooting for for a, a goal to be a conceded against them because I think De Gea's ownership it, it's it's ludicrously high. 40, I mean, I think forty six
0: point seven uh,
1: percent, forty six point seven percent. So it's you know extremely high yeah. and probably only going to keep climbing from there. I mean, the thing about De Gea is you're only going to get, you're only ever going to get, and Trevor actually brought this up in last week's podcast, uh, you're only ever going to get six points from him. So if you can find a cheaper keeper, I would, I would, I would would that.
0: that. I mean, De Gea is a great shot stopper. Uh, That's, that's what he's famous for. And, Obviously, this is a different team than the Van Hall team from last year, but there were numerous, numerous uh, game weeks last year, which De Gea had seven or eight points and ended up with bonus points because of all the shots he stopped. So I, I, I wouldn't be too sure about that. OK, fair enough. I mean, he's certainly a,
1: he's certainly a, um, the, the, maybe the top. He'll probably finish with the top overall point scorer for, for goalkeepers. Yeah, no doubt. No. I think, and it's especially because Jakubovic now. I mean, God, I can't believe he picked up a clean sheet in gaming too. <laughs> uh, I mean, that is just a that is a great. As long as you don't mind having nine point five million in your in your back line, um, that is just a perfect pairing. to Hayat at five point five and, and Jakubovic at four million. Yeah. Uh, if I wild card, that's probably what my wild card uh, goalkeeping lineup is going to look like. Um. Anybody else? I, mean, I thought Arsenal played a lot. Their defense looked a lot better now that um, now that Cashelli's back.
0: Yeah, holding still, holding is an interesting one, just because of yeah. his price tag. The the, the hesitation right. with Arsenal's D is they're all six point oh, and yeah. four point five. Getting in on those, they're they're sure to have a few clean sheets with this uh, run of fixtures coming up.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean I, the Mustafi thing it still hasn't happened. I don't know why it hasn't happened, but. <laughs> one assumes it will at some point. So, yeah, we'll we'll see
0: the only the other so, yeah. one. And it's it's recency bias, but you, there's a whole lot of logic to it is uh, Gareth McCauley on West Brom. He Craig sure. Dawson is basically his twin brother. He their wives <laughs> get them confused from time to time. But uh, <laughs> Macaulay is 4.5, where Dawson is 5.0. I mean, you could you could also go Jonas Olsen, who's 4.5. But Macaulay's got the goal. He's always going to get like two or three goals off of set pieces during the course of his season. And West Brom looked good for a lot of clean sheets going forward.
1: Yeah, so I think that I think they are agreed. Uh, Man U and Spurs being kind of the top two, and then and I think it's kind of a drop off from there. Uh, maybe City long term,
0: right? Alright, should we take a quick break, Josh? Then we can come come back and just sort of get ourselves ready for Game Week 3 before we sign off? Sure, let's do it. Same old podcast always Alright, Brandon, so
1: uh that's about it for this week's episode. Uh, we just want to quickly look at uh, this the upcoming fixtures. They're all on uh, Saturday and a normal week, uh, Saturday and Sunday fixtures. Uh, that's because the, uh, we're going to international break uh, starting the next week, and it always comes a little too soon for me. I feel like I'm just getting into the season, and suddenly you have this this two week break.
0: I do love these uh, so, Saturdays, though, where the, uh, the the midday round of fixtures has six games happening simultaneously. There's just no agreed. possible way to keep track of what all goals are. Hopefully goals will be flying in. Yeah, I think we're going to have to get together for these
1: fixtures, actually. It's going to be a first first always cheating meetup of the year.
0: Yeah, well, if there are any New York cheaters out there, let us know. Let's let's meet up somewhere and watch these games. So, I I mean, right off the bat, Spurs-Liverpool, we've got to be looking forward to that Matchup. Liverpool will not want a repeat of their performance against Burnley. Yeah. I mean, it just looked absolutely diabolical. But there's another reason to have no qualms about getting rid of Firmino because Spurs are, are home and they're going to put up a pretty good fight here.
1: Definitely a little concerned about uh, if I – I feel like I need to have Eden Hazard for that Chelsea-Burnley fixture because uh, I think they could, really, they could really run riot in that fixture. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's you got. I mean, the, the big question here is you've got the the Hull Man United match, uh, which is the the late match on Saturday, and then you've got Man City West Ham the next day. And and who do you, who's your captain, Brandon? Between between yeah. right now, if you had to pick right now, would you pick Aguero? Who's it on? Like right now, like for your you know. In case you
0: get hit by a bus who's on
1: it (laughs) right
0: now. Which very likely could happen. (laughs) Um, You know, now that I'm back from Scotland, I'm used to looking uh, one way for the bus, and now I'm going to have to look the other way for the bus here in New York, and I'm liable to get flattened like a pancake. But, yeah, right Mm. now it's on Aguero. Uh, I I, I feel like there was a preview that we did uh, preseason where I said Zlatan would be my captain. I mean this. This has had no data uh, to compare it to, but I had Zlatan as my captain against Hull. Um, but I, I really like Agüero against, against. Okay, Ryan.
1: what about you? I'm on the fence. Uh, I'm leaning towards uh, Zlatan actually, um, but I think uh, I think it could end up being kind of a, a neutral thing again, where they both uh, bet. You know, God, I keep want to say bag goals. I don't know where this is coming <laughs> Bang from. Bang them
0: in, you're banging in <laughs> those goals. <laughs> what about Hazard though? I mean, you're talking about Hazard.
1: Uh, nah, again, I mean I, I wouldn't not not over these two guys. Yeah. Not, not given, not given. They're they're both playing uh, teams that are, uh, you know, pretty banged up. This could be a good uh, although week, hey, though, I mean, if,
0: you know, going top of the league right now. So I don't want to I don't wanna disparage Hull too much. <laughs> if you are if you are a Kane owner though, this could be a good. This would go against what we were saying earlier about you just have to get Ibra and Aguero in. This could be a good week to sit on Harry Kane because Liverpool's defense is just absolutely. Uh, a cluster F. Same way with Vardy. I mean, Vardy's home to Swansea.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's probably some goals in that match for him too. So yeah, I mean, there are some differential options this week, but um, I won't be I won't be using them myself.
0: You got to think that so, Manu is like a lock for a clean sheet here against Hull, even though they're away.
1: I yeah, I would definitely think so. Uh, definitely a little worried about you. Uh, well, I don't know, man. You know, I'm pretty impressed with how that hold they are playing like a unit right now. I would not be surprised at all if they scored a goal in that
0: match. It's gonna be Maloney all over the place.
1: <laughs> all right, let's sign off here, Brandon. Okay. Thank you for listening. It's nice. I like these Sunday evening podcasts. It's yes, a little uh feel a little more I don't know, and I'm not shaking work off, you know, in the middle of this thing.
0: All right, we have to remind everyone who's listening to uh, Get More Always Cheating Podcast, subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, anywhere you get your podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on iTunes. That helps us. and. Also, follow us online. Josh is uh, tweeting up a storm, at Hail Cheaters. And you can also follow us on Facebook. We tend to do some different things on our Facebook page, like update people on how the Hail Cheaters Super League is going. And And Showstoppers League. Yeah, so there are Showstoppers. uh, Great British Bake Off uh, Head-to-Head League is being updated on Facebook. So check us out, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Anything else we need to cover, Josh? Uh, Just... Poku oh. Forever. Oh, you can also join those leagues.
1: Uh, we, uh, like, like, <laughs> the league codes are all over the place. You can't you can barely go to one of our websites or Facebook <laughs> or without finding the league code. So please do join though.
0: All right, guys. Poku Forever.
1: Hail cheaters and free Mopacani. Right, her all her right?
0: water broke. Her water broke. Oh my. Well, let's just finish um, this podcast and then you can get going. No, I was—I was just kidding. It's uh, she—she—she spilled a glass of water. I just—I was just joking. (laughs) Yeah, obviously you were joking. I wouldn't demand that we finish an episode of the podcast after Kate's water. That's true. (laughs) I thought you were serious. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League Podcast